Hi, and welcome to Storytime with Rabbi Yitzhi Hi, everyone. I am your host, Rabbi Yitzhi Ersh, together with... Me, Yossi, his sidekick! Yay! To send much-needed donations to J-Root Radio, the address is J-Root Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Uh, J Radio can be found on Naki Radio, and it also can be found on jrootradio.com. And at 712-432-4217. Also, you can call in at 718-506-9099. And you could uh, also follow the archives by following the menu at the end of the show if you would like to call in to tell us what you learned. So the number is 718-683-5858. Of course, uh, if you would like to text in for information about how to sponsor a program or to advertise, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. Also, if you would like to text in a story suggestion with all its details, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you are interested in hiring Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs for either live storytelling or storytelling on Zoom, uh, and or if you want to hire Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs to do his famous Kayach von der Meyer show, or, or, you know, uh, or you're interested in information on how to learn martial arts lessons or Qigong energy exercises, or if you're interested in art lessons or anything of that nature, you know, uh, for more information, call 718-375-1294. The number again is 718-375-1294. Rabbi Yitzhi's CDs are in most stores, and if you have a CD that is not in the store, you can call the 718 number 375-1294 to ask for uh, the current list to be faxed or uh, emailed. Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs' books are also on sale in stores, also at your local farmer's store. Okay, hope you don't mind that I did all that. No, it's quite alright, so I guess we could go straight to the story now. Okay, so I have a story today, uh, Covid uh, Hanukkah, you know, after all, <laughs> we're going to be soon lighting the first night of Hanukkah, so I decided it's appropriate that I tell a story no gaya to Hanukkah. I agree, Rabbi Ersh, it's the best thing to do to tell a story. No gaya to Hanukkah. Aha, aha, aha. No, I said aha, aha, aha. Not. <coughs> oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Okay. Anyways, um, now I I may have told a different version of this story, as we know that there are many sources to stories, and therefore sometimes. Uh, they're told slightly different or written differently, you know, things like that. So, I may have told this story a while ago, but I don't remember telling this particular version of it, and therefore I'm going to tell this version of it. Okay, okay, so get on with it and just tell the story. <coughs> you see? <coughs> you see? You know, I hope when you get home, if you want your tati and mommy to give you some nice presents or uh, make a nice uh, little uh, Shabbos party, or I should say Hanukkah party for you, and a special extra special Shabbos Hanukkah party for you, 
Uh, <clears throat> I think you have to learn to have... Derek Harris, you're right, you're right. Okay, let's do it again. Uh, let's start all over. Okay, Ramirez, do you have a story? Yes, I do. I'm about to tell a story that I may have told before, but in a different version. And I'm going to tell uh, this version because I don't remember telling this coming version. Okay, so uh, what's the name of the story that you're going to tell? I'm going to tell the story of The Shining Light. Ah, The Shining Light. That's nice to hear. Wow, it's so nice to hear such a beautiful story called The Shining Light. Okay, sounds fair, sounds good. Okay, um, are you going to start telling it? <laughs> so now that's better. Now you're talking like a mensch. Yes. Okay, our story starts, uh, basically, on the night of November 9th, 1938. November 9th, 1938. Oh, boy, that date sounds very familiar to me. Well, I'll give you another hint. It was the year 5,699. And, uh, you know, uh, and that means it was also 11-9, uh, which means November 9th, 1938. Came out on the Jewish calendar to be Tez Vav Cheshvan, the 15th of Cheshvan. I know that date means something. I learned it in Yeshiva in my history class. What does it mean? I'll give you a hint. It's led up to. Oh, oh, Kristallach, Kristallach. That was the night of Kristallach. Wow, your story starts in Kristallach? Well, on the night of Kristallach. Okay, we're going to go to the Hackfleisch family. Hackfleisch? Well, yeah, in those days, a lot of people's last names had to do with their business. And Mr. David Hackfleisch was a butcher. Ha! <laughs> Hackfleisch! Jackfleisch! I got it! I got it! Hackfleisch! So, yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. Okay, so, so, uh, uh, Mr. David Hackfleisch, yeah, yeah. And he was sitting at home with his wife, Liam, after a hard day's work. And there was Mordecai sitting there also. Among his other siblings, of course. But Mordecai spoke up. Tonti, Tonti, you know, I, I'm just wondering. You know, it, it's getting so bad. It, it, it's one thing that they started kicking out the Jewish children out of the yeshivas, you know, I mean, out of the public school system. But you know, they're, they're harassing us on the streets now. I know about this is. I'm well aware about it. I know this. But listen to me very, very well, listen, Mordechai. There are certain things that we are not able to control. One day, in Hashem, when the time comes, midday, you know, like we said, Hashem, yes, I know. Yes, in Hashem, when the time is right, everything will work out fine. We are trying very hard to save up money. As you know, the situation here in Germany is not very good for the Jewish people. We are trying to save up money to smuggle ourselves out across the border. You understand what that means? Yeah, well, why can't we just, like, buy a boat ticket and, and go to America or something like that? You know what I mean? Well, the reason why we cannot do something like that is because then the government will confiscate all our property and leave us with very little money left. And we cannot afford to do that. Wherever we go, we have to have something to start a new life. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But, but you know, even though we're not one of those 
that went to the to the to the public school. I, I know know friends of mine that did, and, and, and they had a hard time. He's it, very bad. I know that. I know that. But you know what? Hashem is Borach runs the world, and we have to trust in it. And even though we don't understand the ways of Hashem, nothing happens for nothing. You know, it can be traced back that when people suffer quite a lot, or, you know, especially when the Jewish people as a whole suffer, it has to do because the people sin and things like that. <laughs> really? Tati, you know, with all the respect, you know, I mean, I'm just a kid. I mean, what can I have done wrong? Ah, yes, you are right. So, therefore, let me ask you a question. If I live next door to the Hoffman family and I decide to break my wall, would not the Hoffman's wall come down? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Sure. So, what does it have to do with me? Ah, you see, sometimes when the Sultan is given permission or the malach in charge of destroying is given permission, then, um, you know, he, he's not like our Shemizbach when he went down personally into Matzheim and said to the firstborn, you know, I mean to the malachim to kill the firstborn, he said, this one kill and this one live. You, you understand what I'm trying to say. So the malach goes down and he destroys and whoever's nearby, unfortunately, could get you know, around there. But if Hashem finds somebody very worthy who has a special reason, then he, he will protect him and keep him alive. You will see. I am telling you this. We must never forget the power of Hashem. We must never forget that we are Eden and Jewish people. And no matter what happens, we must always stay strong in our muna and our betochen. Because... In the bottom line, right here we might have questions, but upstairs when our time comes and we are judging Shemaim and we see what's going on, we will notice that there are no problems, no questions upstairs. Do you understand what I am saying, Mordechai? Um, yeah, kind of, but still, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. Now, a little bit later on that night... Well, everybody was getting ready, more or less, to go to sleep. Suddenly they heard loud noises of broken glass. Glass is glass. What's going on here? Who is breaking windows around? Oh, where's Mia? Things are happening here. Tati, Tati, somebody threw a big brick through our window. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, oh, now I can hear screaming. Kill them! Burn down their houses! Yeah! Kill them! Burn down their houses! Oh, 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 Tati, this is not very good. Oh, yeah, you're right. We must uh, grab what we can and, and, and hide in the opposite door for Nova. Nova, you understand? Let's see what's going on here. Oh, boy, there are people coming. They're breaking windows and doors outside there, and they are looting. Why are they doing? Oh my goodness, look at the shield. Oh, this is not very good. Look at the shield down the block. Oh no, they are breaking the doors and windows and they are throwing torches of fire. They are setting the shield on fire. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah, I can see. 
Look, they're carrying out the Torres and they're putting it in the middle with the oldest fire and they're setting a big fire. Oh, this is not very good. Oh, we're going to get out of here. Get out of here. Right now, I think the best thing is ah, we have to go hide somewhere. And sure enough, Mordechai instinctively remembered. Well, one place I like to go and, 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 and think by myself is on the roof. Yeah, um, I'm going up to the roof. Uh, I have no time to tell my parents. Uh, let me go. Okay, let me open this roof door here. Okay, I got it, got it, got it. Okay, now. Okay, uh, I'm on the roof now. Wait, 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 where should I hide? Where can I hide? Oh, 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 there's a bunch of garbage uh, stuff up here on the, on the roof that nobody uses. Uh, okay, okay, I'll hide underneath. Uh, let me hide underneath. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, in this time and age, it's, it's, it's so bad to be Jewish. What? Are you, are you out of your mind? Uh, yossi, yossi. That's Mordechai who lived uh, in the 1938s. Don't say he's out of his mind. You don't live in his time, and you don't know what he's going through, and so therefore, don't criticize him yet. Okay, okay, I won't criticize him yet. Later, can I? Uh, you see? Just hear the whole story, please. Uh, oh, boy. I mean, let me hide. And sure enough, some of these uh, uh, Nazi use guys, the Nazi use, uh, whatever they used to call them, and uh, Hitler use and things like that, and then a bunch of others, and they came in. And, of course, trust me, there were plenty of people from the stormtroopers that were dressed up like civilians to get the crowd riled up. And they used the excuse of the assassination of one of the of, uh, German diplomats and so on and so forth. But you know what? That's not relevant for now because I don't have time to go into that because then I'll never finish the story. Let me continue to tell you about the part that's now. Wow, this Hanukkah is supposed to have happy times. Oh, come on, you see. Tell me, you think the story of Hanukkah was always happy with the things that uh, Antiochus did, the things that he did uh, with, with uh, Hannah and her seven sons, and the things that were done to Eliezer, the old tzaddik? Huh? Uh, you, you know, listen, sometimes you can go through bad times before they have the good times, you know what I mean? It's like if you got dirt, you got to rub hard, you got to scrub hard, get rid of the dirt. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, okay, go. Well, you know what? Just tell the story. I'll try to contain myself. Uh, I hope so. Anyways, these guys broke in, smashed windows, they broke into houses, and they beat up people, and sometimes they even killed some people, unfortunately, by throwing some out the window or killing anybody that resisted them. They stole whatever they wanted. They looted. They took whatever they wanted. They made a wreck out of everything, and they burned quite a lot of shoes that night. That night continued into the next day on November 10th, and that was known as the Night of Kristallnacht, which means the Night of Broken Glass. It was called the Night of Kristallnacht because it started at night, and it carried and lingered on to days. And in certain German provinces, it even continued for several days after. And anyways, meantime, when things calmed down, it seemed to be that the Germans went, and they arrested over 30,000 people and took them away, and at that time put them into a concentration camp called Dachau. Uh, some of them died there, unfortunately, and some of them were freed, 
until later on when they were taken back. Uh, but that's not the point of this story. The point of the story is to follow Mordechai. Mordechai was on the roof. His parents were gone. He had no idea where they were. I had no inkling. He waited until it was quiet. And when he came down, unfortunately, he never saw where his parents were. He didn't know, and he found out much later on that his parents were unfortunately killed during the pogrom. But he survived, and he looked around. Oh, this is terrible. All this happened because we're Jewish. If we weren't Jewish, they would have skipped us. Oh, look at that. That house burned down. That shul burned down. And look, the houses in between are, are, not, are not burned. Wow. But if a fire was there, the fire was near the house in the middle should be burning. Oh, I see firemen over there. Oh, they seem to be only protecting the Goyish houses. Wow, this is not very good. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's that guy screaming? Let me listen a little closer. Right! Right! Let's look around and see if there's any Jewish... Uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, stragglers. Let's see if there are any stragglers around. Because if there are any stragglers around, <laughs> we'll teach them a lesson. <laughs> oh, boy, this is terrible. I better not uh, act Jewish. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh, 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 oh. You know what? Take off my arm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I don't want them to find it on the roof in case they see me. Uh, 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 uh let me, uh, just, uh, go and, and throw it over the rooftop. Whew! All right. Now, now, what else can I do? Oh, my tzitzis. Let me take off my tzitzis. Uh, whoa. Okay. Um, uh. Let me throw that also over the roof. Okay, okay. Uh, what else they got Jewish here? Oh, oh, these pears behind my ears. What can I cut it with? Uh, uh, well, what can I cut it with? I gotta look around here. Uh, oh, look at this. There's a broken pair of scissors here among this garbage. Okay, okay, let me just take it. Let me see them pears. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, I almost cut my ear. Okay, let me cut the other one. Oh, okay. Why? All right, now let me stay on this roof. It's really quiet. Then I'll blend in. And sure enough, Mordechai waited until it was very dark on the night of the 10th. He slowly snuck downstairs. He looked in his apartment, and his parents were nowhere to be found. He didn't know that they were taken away, and he didn't know that they were killed. He didn't find that out until much, much later after the war. But in the meanwhile, what did he do? He was young. He was only about 10 years old. And mind you, his mind wasn't strong like an adult, and he just had to do what his instinct was. I gotta survive. I have to survive. What can I do to survive? Uh, Rabbi Arabs, is this gonna be a scary story throughout? Yossi, come on. You know I always tell stories that have eventually a happy ending. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. So you're telling this because? Because it's important to understand what Mordechai was about. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Okay, um, you know, so now I don't look Jewish and anything like that, and then I'll just blend into the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure enough, he blended into the streets. Nobody suspected that he was Jewish. He didn't act Jewish. He continued to let his hair grow a little more like a Goyesha hairstyle. 
And he acted goyish. He didn't, unfortunately, do any kind of davening. Not even the parts that he knew Balper. He didn't do anything like this. And, of course, he took some little odds and end jobs that little kids could do, like doing some storage for Goyim. And he was very careful not to slip and say one Jewish word. And he spoke German fluently, so there was no problem. And, of course, the years went on, and finally the war was over. He managed to survive the war because no one, no one knew that he was Jewish. He managed to take care of himself. He was forced to grow up pretty quick. And now that the war was over, he was able to come eventually to America. And when he got to America... He worked very hard to lose his German accent. He worked very hard. And eventually, he started a business. All right, hey, let's see now. <laughs> what kind of business can I have here? Uh, yes, let's see. I've been working for this person. Wow, you know, it's very amazing around here. Yeah. I mean, I, I never told anybody. I'm looking around to make sure nobody's over-listening my thoughts even. Because <laughs> nobody can hear me in my mind when I'm thinking. But it's an amazing thing. It really is amazing. Wow. You know, uh, oh, I shouldn't say that word. I almost slipped and said Baruch Hashem. I worked on that not to say anything has to do with Yiddishkeit. Uh, okay, nobody knows that I really was a Jew from the start. Uh -huh. I think I'm a shagus and everything. You know, I, I just watching that guy, Mr. Kaufman over there. And this is like his fourth or fifth job that he has. <laughs> wow. And every time he loses, because he, he won't work on Friday nights. He won't work Shabbos. You know, when, when, when the days get earlier, he has to leave earlier. And, of course, they won't allow that. And they want him to come in on Saturday. He won't come in. So, yeah, I don't know how he lives, really. I work on Saturday. No problem. It doesn't mean nothing to me. Nothing about Yiddishkeit matters. You know, what I'm noticing is so far, you know, the more I gave up my Yiddishkeit, I can live pretty happy over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's see, do I have enough money to start a business? I don't know. Uh, wait a minute. I do. I know. Uh, you know what? I have enough money to rent a store. Uh, excuse me, sir. Um, uh, you, you have this storefront. I see the sign is for rent. Um, uh, you know, like, uh, a uh, uh, unit owner? Hey, what's the matter with you? Hey, oh, yeah, you're talking to me. Uh, yes, I'm talking to you. Oh, yes, okay, no problem. All right, yeah, I own this store. Yeah, no problem. All right. Yeah, you got money to rent? Okay, it's not a bad idea. You know what I mean? It costs you $75 a month. Okay, can you afford it? <laughs> Small storefront. $75 a month? People pay thousands of dollars for big stores and things like that. We're talking about the late 1940s and going into early 50s, okay? Oh, oh, okay, right, 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 right. So eventually, yes, he did pay about $200 a month for his store as the years were going on because the store, you know, they raised the rent. And he started off with a small suit store. And eventually, he was doing so well with his, his store, he decided to see if he can invest into a factory. And sure enough, he was looking around to invest into a factory. All righty, let's see now. Oh, excuse me, sir. I want to talk to you about 
um, uh, starting a, a knitting factory to make clothing. Uh, you know, like, uh, hey, you want to start a factory. You know, to start a factory, you got to have some money. You know what I mean? Capital effect. Uh, yes, I know, but you see, I know about suits. I know quality. I'm a sister. I'm building up a nice, sizable capital to set up to make a factory, but I need somebody to manage the factory, and somebody has the know-how. Hey, you want someone to have the know-how. All right, you know, it so happens to be that I'm a master guy to stuff. Ah, oh, yes, 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 yes. And it happens to be I used to work in one of these soup factories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But only because, you know, <coughs> he wasn't making so much business, so uh, you had to lay off some people, so he laid me off. All right, now listen to me. Do you really know about factories? Okay, I'm going to give you an assignment. You want to find out about all the machines, how much it costs uh, to buy all these sewing machines and everything and material to start making suits on our own. If you do this research and you prove to me that you're worthy of this, then I'm going to hire you, okay? And while you're doing this research, I'm going to look for a place big enough to hold a soap factory. And you understand that? Uh, yes, I do. I understand everything you think. Don't you worry about a thing. I'll do my research. You'll see. I really know my stuff. And I only got laid off because uh, I was not uh, one of the older workers. So they had to lay off the newer workers first. You know what I'm saying? You'll see. You'll see. And sure enough, he looked around and he looked for a place. Yeah, let's see. This place looks big enough. Uh, can I rent it? Let me see what's going on here. Oh, this is a pretty, pretty big place. All right, all right, uh, let me see the sign. Uh, let me call and, and uh, call up this person here. So he went back to his place, and he called up. In the old days, it was a dialing phone. Nope, 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 dialing phone. And so he dialed. And it rang. Are you sure it rang that way? Oh, no, you're right. It rang the old-fashioned way. Oh, no, no, that's still too modern. Maybe, like... Oh, you know what? <laughs> I'm a little hoarse today, so I, I can't get it. Uh, let me see if I can get it. Hey, that's pretty good. That's the way it rang. Hello. Yes. What can I do for you? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I saw you had a sign on this uh, big place. Uh, it's like a lot of big storage area over there, you know. I want to rent it. Uh, like, like, uh, how much can it cost? That's a very big place. It's like about a half a block long. Uh, it'll cost you uh, $1,500 to rent. So what do you say? You want it? I'll come down, I'll open it up, and I'll show you the place around. Are you interested or not interested? Don't waste my time, because I just don't want to come down there just for the fun of coming down there. Uh, listen to me. If I wasn't interested, I wouldn't call you. What do you think I am, a little kid who's coming by and to play a prank on you? Do I sound like a little kid trying to play a prank on you and get you to come down there for nothing? You know who I am. My name happens to be... Of course, it seemed to be 
that he didn't want to have any shaykhs to his Yiddishkeit. So he didn't give his name as Mordechai Hackfleisch. No, he changed his name completely. He called himself Ludwig Schmidt. That's what he called himself. Schmidt? Oh, that's like a blacksmith or something, right? Uh, yes, but he wasn't a blacksmith. He just picked those names at random. Actually, there's a legend that the reason why he got that name was because one of the Eden who fought back in Kristallnacht, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, he, he uh, in self-defense he killed one of his attackers, and uh, it happened to be that his body was left around, unfortunately, in this Jewish person's home, and uh, uh, you know, a little uh, Mordechai Hatles, uh, you know, uh, he went to look for food into abandoned houses. And, or apartments, and he found this guy, and he took his identification papers, and from then on, he called himself Ludwig Schmidt. Wow, that's very interesting. Okay, so uh, he called himself... Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, that's right, he did. So, uh, let's continue now. All right, listen to me. You probably heard of my suit store. Ludwig Schmidt suits, huh? You know, a big sign up there, Schmidt suits, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, probably heard of me. I'm an established businessman. Mm. All right, all right. I'm coming down. I'm coming down. And sure enough, this man, he drove one of those cars. In those days, they didn't have, in the 1950s, early 1950s, they had some cars, some clunker cars, I guess you would call them. And some rode nice and smooth, and some rode... <laughs> And he pulls up in front of his factory building, or which he used as a storage bin. All right, let me see. Who's that guy? Uh, oh, there's somebody standing in front over there. Excuse me, you, standing in front over there. Uh, is your name Mr. Schmidt? Ah, yes, my name is Mr. Schmidt. Uh, Ludwig Schmidt. That's funny. Oh, why is it funny? Uh, your name is Schmidt, <laughs> but you sure don't sound like anybody that's German. Well, what do you mean? You know you got a German name, you know that. Yes, I do, I know. Uh, I guess my father was German. Uh, but I came in America. I'm living here a long time, so I lost my accent. So I don't speak with any accent. Am I doing pretty good? No, I speak like an American. Yeah, you sure do. Very nice. Okay, so like I said, if you can afford it, rent is $1,500. Okay? $1,500 a month. And that means you would have to give me security. That means you have to give me a month in advance, $1,500. You know what I mean? So, uh, what do you say? You think you can afford that? Is it in your budget? Hey, listen to me. If it's going to be an investment in time and money... That will make me more money? <laughs> then, of course, it's worth it to me. So don't you worry about a thing. You just show me the place. All right, all right. Let me just get my keys out over here. Where did I put those keys? All right, let me just get those keys out. It has to be one of these 50 keys. 50 keys? Yeah, because, you see, um, I have a bunch of keys over here, you know. And these keys, you know... Uh, you know, I, I own a lot of property. Uh, uh, here's the key. No, I guess that's not the key. 
Let me try this one. Uh, this is the key. I got it. 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 Okay. All right, this way, please. This way, please. Uh, just a minute. Uh, you know, if I'm going to go upstairs here, uh, <laughs> you have any lights over here? Oh, sorry. How's that? Uh, it'll be working if you change the bulb. Oh, the bulb burnt down. How do you like that? I didn't even notice the bulb was burnt down. All right, give me a minute here. Uh, and let me call uh, my Janet over here uh, that watches the first floor. Uh, Louie, get over here. What can I do for you? Oh, it's you, Mr. Brian. How are you? I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, okay. Do me a favor. Change that bow. Yeah, I will change the bow. You probably will. You give me a bow, but I will change the bow. Okay, and he's your... He's the super of the building. Don't worry, don't worry. If you want, you know, when you rent the building up there, the top floor, you can do whatever you want up there. You know what I mean? You can have your own guy that takes clear. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I will. All right, all right. Let's see what's going on. Okay. Uh, I want to open up the light here, too. Or do you have to change the bulb? No, no, no. Here, lights work. I see they're working. Uh -huh. Wow. It's a nice big place. How come it's empty like this? It's a big store in here. Yeah, basic and renders and is it a storage here? Well, <laughs> it was used until about uh, two months ago. Uh, but a guy couldn't pay his rent, so uh, I, 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 I got him evicted. You know what I mean? Uh, you got him evicted? Usually it takes a while to get a guy out. Uh, I have connections. You know, I own a lot of buildings, give a lot of business to, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, never mind. Not going to how I do my business. But anyways, yeah, okay. So, okay, Mr. Brian. Whatever you say. I like it. The space is good. And and the water supply works. The electric is here. Uh, can this uh, floor, uh, the electric is strong enough to support a bunch of sewing machines? Well, sir, if you want to upgrade the electricity here, I'll deduct uh, $500 or for month's pay, uh, you know, to cover the cost. All right? All right. Let's sign a lease right away. Okay. You're going to write me a check, then I have to wait until it cashes. Are uh, you kidding? I'm going to pay you in cash right now just to get started and just to show that you can trust me. Wow. Cash in the 1950s. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, this is good. I like this. And sure enough, he paid cash. A month's security and a month's rent less 500. Then he had workers come in. And the workers were working. All right. Take a dish over there. What's the matter with you, huh? Hey, uh, you know, when you break the wall, you're going to have to plaster it. Sure, we got to pull wires up. we got to increase the power of electricity. But don't do so much damage because then I'm not going to make so much profit. If I don't make so much profit, and you're not going to have a job. You understand? Sorry, sir. I didn't mean to do that. But okay, no problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet you are. I know. Of course, the place was ready. And that other person, Mr. Buckingface. Mr. Buckingface, are you there? Mr. Buckingface. Uh, I, I, I'm here, but you see, it's not Buckingface. It's, my name is, uh, 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 McGillicuddy. Oh, sorry, but how come I had Buckingface over here? Oh, that's because uh, that was the name I was thinking of using. 
but I think McGillicuddy sounds much better for a guy like me. All right, McGillicuddy it is. Okay, McGillicuddy, uh, are you there? So, uh, uh Ludwig, uh, can I call you Ludwig or do I have to call you Mr. Schmidt? No, it's all right, you can call me Ludwig. <laughs> We're partners now. Yes, we are. We're doing pretty good, eh? Yes, McGillicuddy. Uh, can I call you George? Yeah, if I could call you Ludwig, you could call me George. But you know something? It would be better if you called me, uh, uh, Gerald. Uh, Gerald? Yeah, yeah, because my real name is Gerald, not George. <laughs> oh, everybody's mixing up my names today. All right, no problem. Okay, so, um, okay, now, uh, uh, uh okay. Uh, Gerald, uh, McGillicuddy. Uh, let's start hiring workers and get this factory going, because otherwise I won't be able to pay the next month's rent. Oh, yeah, good idea. And so he began his partnership together with this guy, uh, Gerald McGillicuddy, was working out great. The factory was doing great. He was able to produce his own suits. And naturally, that meant his profits in his sales in his store were growing. And eventually, not only did his factory expand into a bigger place eventually, he began to think about moving to California. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to move to California, and he was having a great time. He loved California air. The weather was great. He didn't like earthquakes and things like that and tremors, but he liked the weather. He bought himself a nice house there in California. I don't remember exactly where in California it was, but he bought a house. It doesn't matter. It was in California, right? Okay, uh, okay. So then what happened? Well, he, you know, he lived there and he traveled back and forth from California to New York. And he did this quite a lot. And then because he has a mind that thinks about ways of saving money, he came up with a new idea. What was that? What was that? Oh, something. And to go see what my business is doing here and my factory back and forth that I established a second factory here in California is causing me to travel a lot. And if I have to travel a lot, it's costing me money flying. Sure, they give a discount when you, when you fly a lot, but you know, that's still money. I wonder, would I save if I had my own plane? And if I learned how to fly it? <laughs> I wonder. Hmm. Let me see. But don't they have to go through security and everything? Uh, yeah, yeah, but this was before the 9-11, before all the heavy securities and everything. This was still in the late 1950s now. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay, I got it. Go ahead. Go ahead, tell us what happened. All right, so let me tell you what happened. All right, it looks like I just figured out that in the long run, okay, in the beginning, it's going to cost me money because I have to take flying lessons. But then, am I going back and forth from Los Angeles? Back and forth to New York is going to cost me less money if I eventually buy a plane. I could pay off a mortgage for the plane, a loan, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and eventually the plane will be mine. And I'm gradually saving money because this is an investment in something that will belong to me. Yeah, it's a great idea. And sure enough, he took flying lessons and he was learning how to fly. Wow, this is great. Just keep your eye on the air road. On the air road? <laughs> That's a good one. You gonna tell me to watch for traffic lights? No, I'm just gonna tell you to watch for that other plane. Whoa! Whoa, <laughs> that, that, that was kind of close. Yes, it was. All right, just give me a ride. Okay, you're doing okay. Don't worry. 
And sure enough, he got his pilot license, and it was going great. He eventually bought a plane, like a twin-engine plane, a small one, just can hold a couple of passengers in case he ever wants to take anybody uh, back and forth. And as it turned out, you know, he was so busy with doing his business, he didn't think about getting married yet at that time. And he's never going to get married? No, I didn't say that. I said at that time. Because remember, he was acting like a complete guy. He kept his Yiddishkeit inside himself. He never brought it out whatsoever. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, right. He acted like a complete guy. And so, that's right. So a guy, what does he live for? Uh, just for today and tomorrow and whatever it is. Eat and drink and be merry and maybe tomorrow you'll die. So you got to eat and drink merry because maybe it's going to be the next time. They, they don't have a reason to live more than what they're doing. I mean, they don't have like a real super purpose in life, right? Kind of. I mean, some of them do set goals. They care about their families, you know, the more family-oriented going. But, you know, uh, I know, I know what you mean. Okay, but we're not going to go into because that's not part of the story. Only part is necessary is that he didn't think about getting married yet. He just think about making money and money and more money, right? That's right. You know, did he give tzedakah, by the way? Oh, he gave some charity here and there. But he wasn't big into tzedakah. Why not? Does he know how to get miser? Remember, he wasn't acting like a yid. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so in the meantime, I just want to tell you, he was flying back and forth. And he would see his uh, partner, Gerald. Gerald McGillicuddy. Hey, Gerald, how's it going? It's great to have two factories. You gave me enough uh, information how to make sure that the factory in California and Los Angeles is working out great. It is. Hey, we're both making money because, uh, you know, we're partners, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm so happy that I met you. Yeah, it's great. You know, we have our factories going seven days a week. <laughs> no one stop. We alternate days off where some factory workers take off on Monday, some on Tuesday, eh, some on a Thursday. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, nothing like making money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, I, 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 I was thinking about moving to California, but we both can't live in California because then, you know, uh, eh, somebody has to be here all the time watching the business. Uh, why don't they set up like a computer with cameras? and everything you can watch what goes on you know what I mean yeah see when was this oh 1950s right okay they didn't have those stuff nope not at all okay go ahead uh, I'm not gonna interrupt <laughs> oh, this I gotta see I uh, know this you gotta hear <laughs> yeah see okay just kidding just kidding okay anyways let me continue so Baruch Hashem he was doing okay He's saying Baruch Hashem, what, I mean, he, he doesn't even think one word about Hashem or his Torah. I know, Yassi, but Baruch Hashem, because you will see how the Yad Hashem works, okay? So, let, let me, you know, like, you have a plan, but Hashem has a different plan. So, anyway, so let me tell you what happened. So, this particular guy was going back and forth many times. And the business was going great. And he was getting richer. He had a big suit department store in, in, in L.A. And a suit department store in New York. And a factory in L.A. And a factory in New York. And he was manufacturing his own stuff. The only thing he had to import was threads and material. But everything was going good. It was fantastic for him. And now we got to switch to another family. We got to switch to the Altman family. Zadie Altman. Say, the old man, who is he? Oh, just a guy in the story. He happened to live in New Jersey. 
But he happened to live in those places in New Jersey. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the town. It, 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 it'll come to me maybe later. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's one of those towns where the houses are not exactly close together. They were spaced. You know, they had big properties and everything like that. Gradually, some of these properties were sold, and they made bigger communities out of it. So I'm trying to remember what the name of that particular county or area was. I don't remember offhand. But anyway, Zadie Altman lived out there. And together with his wife, Kreimchu, they lived out there. And both of them, they once lived, guess where? Uh, in Alabama. No. Georgia? No. Texas? No. Uh, you hope it's built? No. Where do you think? Uh, la -dee -dee -da 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 -da. Oh, uh, Europe. Now you're getting there. Where in Europe? Uh, Germany. That's right. They were one of the fortunate ones who escaped on Kristallnacht. They survived the war and they made their stay in America. And now Zayde Lipa was a retired businessman. And, you know, he was already fairly old then. But he was a retired businessman. And it was now getting close to Hanukkah. Huh. All right. I think it would be a very good idea if this year, the first night of Hanukkah, we invite over our children that they should come to us for Hanukkah. So what do you say? I think it's a great idea. Okay, that's very good. Yeah. Okay, let's call them up. Okay. Hello? Oh, hi, Tati. What gives? Oh, I was just wondering. It would be a nice idea if everybody would come this year to my house here in New Jersey because I want to celebrate the Hanukkah party with the ganze Mischbuche. Which is, okay, so would you be able to come with your Mischbuche? Well, Tati, um... Are you aware that they're predicting a very big snowstorm? A snowstorm? Uh, no, I wasn't listening to the weather. Why? Is there supposed to be a snowstorm? Uh, yeah, Tartsy, there's supposed to be a snowstorm. Uh, so, well, uh, I, I, I think it's not really a good idea uh, to come. Uh, maybe, you know, if the snowstorm blows away or it comes at a different time, then we'll come, okay? All right, fine. Let me call my other children. And finally, he reached one of his sons, Raphael. And Raphael said, Oh, Tante, you know what? I'm not so worried. I don't live that far. And worst comes to worst, if we get stuck because of a big snowstorm, my children and I and my wife, my grandson, Miss Bachin, John, will be more than happy to stay overnight or until the roads get clear. 
Yes, we'll come. Oh, Baruch Hashem, at least one of my kindalach will come. And don't forget to bring Heshla, Zebi, Chayim, and Chayel, and Chiro. Of course, Tati. You think I'm just going to come with my wife, Mendel? <laughs> of course, I'm going to bring everybody. Don't worry. And sure enough, that's exactly what he did. Now, that happened to be the day was settling in over there. Hi, hi, Daddy, hi. <laughs> you came early. Oh, yes, yes, we came early because just in case the snowstorm starts. And by the way, look outside. It's really beginning to snow. Oh, yes, I see that. Very interesting. Oh, dear me, oh, my. That's quite interesting. It's snowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody's here, Baruch Hashem, at least. We have some of them. We spoke at the Spencer's Amen. And we're Hanukkah night. Okay, very good. And sure enough, this snowstorm was intensifying. But now, before the snowstorm continues to intensify, let's go back to L.A. All right, I got to fly to New York and check on the business. Okay, my plane is ready to go, and that's that. I got to just check the weather forecast. Hey, Charlie, Charlie, where are you? Got to check the weather forecast. Charlie, Charlie. Hi, what's going on here? Oh, hey, where's Charlie? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, hey, Henry, where's Charlie? Yeah. Charlie, man, I know where Charlie is, man. Hey, Charlie, maybe, uh, you know, he go out uh, to lunch or something, I don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Henry, do you happen to know what the weather is going to be? Uh, the weather will be here nice and sunny. Well, what about in, in New York? you have any idea? Oh, yeah. My job is just to clean up over here. I don't do anything else, you know what I mean? So uh, my dog, uh, not to listen to the weather forecast in New York, Texas, let's say, uh, I didn't listen over here in no, Los Angeles. Over here, it's supposed to be a nice day. You understand? Know now, Charlie, his dog is to tell you, because he, he's got to tell you wherever you're flying to, he's got to know the weather over there. But, but I don't have to know that. You understand? Know so, you know, I don't have to know that. So, I don't know that. Okay? You want to wait for Charlie? Uh, well, actually, you know what? I, I think it's going to be a nice day. And I really got to get to New York because uh, I don't want to get there too late because, you know, got to check on the business. All right. I tell Charlie I was here and I left. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, uh, the runway is clear. Okay. All right. Here I go. And, of course, <coughs> excuse me, he took off. He was flying in the air. And he was flying to New York. He was following all his navigational equipment that he had in the plane. And he was heading to New York. And all of a sudden, he came closer to New Jersey, which was on his way to pass over to New York. And he looks around and says, Oh, my goodness. I'm flying right into a snowstorm. Oh, boy. 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 And suddenly, in this snowstorm, there was thunder. <laughs> And there were christening of lightning. <coughs> and one lightning hit his plane. <coughs> oh, my goodness. Wow, that shook my plane over here. I better try to find a place to land. I gotta make an emergency landing somewhere. Hello? Hello? <coughs> hello, hello? Mayday, mayday. Hello, hello? <coughs> Uh-oh. I have a funny feeling that the lightning, when it struck my plane, it hit my radio equipment. It's not working. Let me try again. Mayday, mayday. Hello, hello. <coughs> hello, is anybody hear me out there? Mayday. 
Uh, let me try some different channels here. Hello, Mayday, Mayday, does anybody hear me? Hello? I'm uh, just hearing a bunch of christening sounds over here. All right, boy, boy, wow, this storm is getting thicker and thicker. Wow, I have no idea where I am. Let me check my navigational equipment. Uh-oh, hello? Oh, man, oh, my goodness. Doesn't seem like it's working. Let me give it a little clop over here, and... Ah, it's not working. Hello? It's not shaking loose. It's staying in the same place. Only thing that's working is my fuel gauge. Oh, boy. It's running low. Oh, my goodness. This is not very good. Meantime, while he's up there somewhere near New Jersey, let's go to New Jersey and let's join the Altman family. And of course he said Shekhyano, Shekhyano, Akimano, Nigiano, Lasman And of course this family was a typical average Jewish family because there are some families like some Sephardim family where only one person lights for the whole family. Here, Zadie Lippmann lit first, and then his son, Raphael, lit, and then the Kinderlach lit. And they were singing, and they were singing, And they were singing and singing, and they were up to more, sir. And of course, they were singing and singing. It was really nice. And they began singing other songs also. And of course, they were singing and they were really enjoying what they were doing. And then Bobby said, All right, you can still watch the menorah from here by the dining room table. All right, and let's all sit down here, don't worry. Uh, well, it's going to be pretty hard to do Presume Nisa. Who's crazy enough to be outside in this snowstorm? Boy, Tati, I'm sure happy that you brought us here early. Baruch Hashem, you know, it pays to listen to the wonderful cast. Baruch Hashem, we're here. Okay, if we would start out later, who knows where we would be. All right, okay, let's sit down and eat. I would like everybody, if you don't mind, to wash. I have fresh bread over here. And we could turn this into a Sudas Mitzvah by singing songs and saying Divrei Taira, okay? I'm for that. Me too. I can tell you what my Rebbe said. And I can tell you what my Rebbe said. I can tell you what my Rebbe said. And I can tell you what my Mora said. I can tell you what my Mora said. And sure enough, they were all excited and they were enjoying themselves. Meantime, back up in the air. Oh no. Oh no. This is ridiculous. I'm running out of food. Oh no. I gotta try to land somewhere. I have no idea. All I see is snow right in front of me. I can't even see. I have no visuality. And nobody's picking up. I gotta try to make a landing. I hope, I hope, I hope I land safely. Oh, yeah. Well, what does he call us? Hey, Shema Yisrael. What does he say? Hashem Israeli. You know, what does he say? Something like that. What does he say? You know, Shirabalai. What does he say that? Remember, he doesn't follow a thing that's Jewish. Oh, right, right. Okay. And sure enough, he realized he had a crash. Uh-oh. I'm coming down here. I'm coming down for a crash landing. <laughs> Oh, oh, wow. Hang on. 
Wow. Yeah. 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 I'm wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. The plane didn't explode. Oh, oh, wow. That's that's great. That's great. That's great. Uh, but where am I? Oh, man. It's so freezing here. All I'm wearing is a sweater. Uh, well, let, let, me, let me try the radio again. Oh, boy. It doesn't even work at all. Can't even get a sound out of it hardly. It's just critzening. All right. All right. You know what? Uh, uh, let me let me open up the, the, the cockpit over here. Okay. And let me call out. Hello, hello, anybody there? Hello, 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 hello. Anybody here? Here, here, here. Anybody here? Here, 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 here. Oh boy, nobody hears me. Let me stay here and leave my lights on in the plane, and maybe somebody's gonna see me. And he waited about a half hour, and during that half hour, that right after that half hour was up, that's when that is the time that that family. That was sitting out there all the way in the midst of New Jersey, the Altman family. They were sitting around their dining room table eating latkes and donuts. And they were singing and they were saying the retire in between. And window was open. And, you know, Zadie Lipo Altman had a liking for Hanukkah because it gave him hope in his war years to realize that the light of Torah always goes on and never could be put out. So when he lit his menorah, he liked it to be with a lot of oil. He had a big menorah and he filled it with lots of oil. And sure enough, there was <sighs> Mordechai. Or now, likes to call himself Ludwig Schmidt. <sighs> Let me trudge through this now and see if I can find Hello, anybody, anybody. And he kept falling in the snow. And because he was only wearing a sweater, he was getting very cold. Oh my goodness. I don't even have gloves. My fingers are freezing. Oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And suddenly he fell down into the snow and he passed out. While he passed out, he had a flashback dream. And so. What I want you to know, my dear son, at the nace of Hanukkah was a miracle of shining light that no matter how bad the situation uh, seems to be, if a yid sticks to his amuna and is talking to the Bainas and the Bainas will help him and he won't survive. That's why, if you notice around the centuries, there's always tourists with the yidin. They always suffered, especially when the yidin as a whole did Averis. And then, of course, when they did Shuma, then Hashem helped us. Yes, 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 let's remember that. The shining light of Hanukkah. Yes, yes, represents the light of Torah. Torah is what keeps a yid alive. Ah, yes. Torah to a yid is like a fish in water. A fish out of the water, he dies. A yid without Torah, he dies. And suddenly he woke up. (laughs) Where am I? A light, a light, a light. Meantime, there was one thing he was not aware of. Oh, did you notice this? Yes, I noticed. And there was a blackout over here. The electricity went out by the storm. Ah, but Hashem, the shamash is still burning. The rest of the light is also burning, but we can't make use of that. But the shamash we can. Yes, yes, yes. You know what? Let me let me light other candles here on the table so we can continue eating latkes and donuts. Yes, I didn't want to make them for nothing, you know. And sure enough, as he gets close, he says, A light, a light. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he slipped and he says, Baruch Hashem, a light. What did I just say? Did I say Baruch Hashem? And he did. And he got closer. And he saw it was the light of Honora. What? The light of Honora? I, I can't believe what I'm saying. I can't believe what I'm saying. Let me knock on the door. Let me knock on the door. Hello? Hello? Uh, somebody's knocking on our door at this late hour. Oh dear, who is there? 
Oh, please, please, open the door. I'm freezing. I'm freezing. I'm freezing. Please, please, open the door. All right, all right. And in he fell. And he saw his fraud. Huh? Oh, he's wearing a sweater. What's the matter with you? Didn't you know it was snowing? Come over here. Sit by. Sit by. Sit by over here. By the steam. Come on, sit down. Okay. Have some soup to warm you up. And of course, they warmed him up. They fed him. They brought him back. And Baruch Hashem, he came too. And when he looked around, he said, Oh, thank God. Oh, uh, Baruch Hashem, I, 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 I see that you had a light on. If you don't have your lights on, I would never find this place. <laughs> Be happy. Because uh, there's no lights working. Did you notice it's pretty dark in here? We have candle lights going. Oh, oh, yeah. Now, come to think of it, I do. So, what was the light I saw? What do you mean? There was a blackout? Oh, yes, there was a blackout. And the light you saw was the light by the menorah. We, we kept the window shades open and the curtains open pretty far apart, so there should be any fire. And it's the light of the menorah you saw. Wow, wow. A shining light. Wow. <laughs> you speak with a German accent. Where are you from? Oh, I was in Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, did you happen to know, uh, uh, um, a, a, a David and, and, and Leia Hackflesh? Uh, David Leia Hackflesh, you my butcher. <laughs> That's funny. Who are, who are you? Uh, um, um, and he no longer said Ludwig. Uh, Mordechai Hackflesh. And sure enough, when he realized that was only because of people keeping Hashem's Torah and people continuing the faith, and continue the light of the menorah, which perpetuates the light of Torah. He realized that's why he was saved, and he told him his story, and they helped bring him back to Yiddishkeit. And of course, he kept his factories going, but they no longer worked on Shabbos. And he took in Shema Shabbos Eden to work for him also, and they were allowed to leave early on Friday. As a matter of fact, everybody did, because his factories and his stores all closed at 12 noon. After Chatzos, you couldn't even find a single store of his open or the factory. And he became a Shema Shabbos Yid once again. I'd love to tell you more, but you ran out of time. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, I guess it's time to say, uh, everybody, uh, goodbye. Have a wonderful Shabbos Hanukkah. And everybody have a Freilich Hanukkah in general. A Freilich Hanukkah!